This is the EWN Podcast Network. Everybody wants to win. It's how we define success in life. Michelle Nagel explores resilience, teaches you happiness hacks, and provides tools for building positive relationships, all of which are essential for winning at the game of life. Join us to learn how to roar. Hi, welcome. This is Michelle Nagel, your host with Roar to Win, and my guest today is Susan Burrell. Susan is a feisty Scorpio who was even born with the red hair to back it up, who has navigated life by learning how to listen within to that divine urge that keeps pointing her in the direction of her life's purpose, even when she can't see the road. She's an intuitive healer and spiritual guide in the crossroads of life. With a master's degree in consciousness, Susan has been counseling and supporting people and transforming from the inside out for over 25 years. Her methods are proven because she has lived this journey to empowerment. She has a thought-provoking podcast called Chats with Susan Burrell. She's also a contributor to Sybil Magazine for the Spirit and Soul of Women. Susan is the author of Live Your Empowered Life, A 30-Day Journey. Welcome, Susan. Thanks, Michelle. I'm happy to be here having the conversation with you. I'm really grateful that we were able to be connected so we could do this. So, Susan, it's very interesting. You got a master's degree in consciousness. Tell me. Yeah. Who does that, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I got to do a four-year accredited master's program where I was studying philosophy and psychology and quantum physics and uh, world wisdoms, world religions, and all of that stuff, and uh, came out with this master's in consciousness. And it was actually um, really an awesome experience for me because I, I, I love to learn, and, uh, and I think we're always learning. It just, you know, either you get on board that train and keep learning, or you, you, you just kind of get stuck in a rut. But um, the program really helped to open up um, a lot of different perspective um, in terms of how I, I view my world, but also how I interact with myself, you know, and with my higher wisdom and my higher self. And, um, and it really uh, created space within me um, where I feel like I've become a conduit of spirit, if that makes sense. It just, I just allow, well, sometimes, some days I get up and it's harder than others, Michelle, I'll be <laughs> honest, but I really, my, my, my spiritual path is to allow um, the divine to uh, work through me. And when I allow that, my life is a lot easier. So how did you get into this work? I mean, what attracted you to that in the first place? Well, you know, the spirit, the universe kind of pushes you between the shoulder blades and say, says, go that way, go that way. Don't go that the other way. So it was kind of like that. I've always been um, a spiritual quester my entire adulthood, starting probably when I was 17. And I just was reading anything metaphysical, talking to people with different belief systems. I really, I really, uh, well, to be honest, I was actually trying to find the book that says this is how you live life, you know, and then you can tick off the, the things you're doing right. Mm-hmm. But on that journey, I um, began to just read all sorts of different um, people from ancient wisdoms to current um, new thought philosophy, the transcendentalists, you know, um, the Vedas, stuff like that. So 
I've just always been that way. And, and when I was kind of impelled, you know, by source to go deeper into becoming more of a spiritual counselor, I just had to follow it, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. And I've been doing this like close to 20 years now. Who, who would have known, you know? Right. So uh, this podcast is about Roar to Win, which is resilience, optimism, accountability, and resourcefulness. Mm. How does that fit in with what you work with? Ha! Huh. What I work with? Um, okay, let me... So, so resilience um, and optimism. Resilience is kind of the thing that I now see as part of human nature. I mean, we, we get, you know, like the, the refugees that are all over the world now, you know, and they just keep showing up daily. Do you know what I mean? In terms of the, that's resiliency to me, to continue to look and find um, a better place to live, a better place for our children, a better world, if you will. And, um, and mm, so my person, personal resilience, it has been about um, ongoing reinvention because I'm, this is a weird woo thing, Michelle, but because I'm a Scorpio, um, there is like a totem um, animal, which is uh, the phoenix for mm-hmm. Scorpios. And so we're constantly, I'm constantly in my, in my life so far, have been in this place of reinvention and reinvention requires being resilient. You know, when life knocks you around, you just, you, you, you get up off the mat, you know, you get up and begin again and, or begin in a different way or shift your perspective so you can see what it is that you were getting knocked around about. And then you can make changes in your life. So resilience to me is is very important. It's not just about sustainability in life. Um, I think it's about really reconnecting on an ongoing basis with the truth of who you are, mm-hmm. um, and which is that spiritual connection for me. Uh, I think for everybody, actually, you don't get away with it. But um, to really check in and find what is the next step that I may take, I could take, I want to take, um, in spite of how life may be seemingly knocking me around. Yeah, so that brings, that brings in the optimism, right? You've got to have, you've got to be optimistic that you've got to see that the glass is half full, not half empty. Right, because resilience doesn't mean return to the state of status quo. No. Yeah. Yeah, no, Greg Braden wrote about that often. And, um, he and I, in fact, had a big conversation about that because we are still, even with everything that's happened over the last few years, last several years, you know, the whole, the whole, um, planet is getting downloaded with transformational energy. And that's why we see the chaos happening. You know, that's why we see, refugees and that's why we see our government seemingly falling apart that's why we see all this all these problems it's because there is this new energy that won't take uh isn't going to settle it's Mm -hmm. not it's not and and it's the divine feminine energy this isn't about men versus women or any of that garbage it's that there is a new energy that is asking us to be more true to ourselves honor ourselves honor each other 
which is the most important thing as well. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then live your life um, on purpose, not just randomly and not in a way that becomes destructive or harmful to yourself or others. And so it, there is no going back to what was this new energy that's been pummeling. I call it pummeling because it certainly felt that way to me. Um, the planet, if we are aware, if we are consciously aware, um, then we begin to, to see things differently. We begin to hear things differently. We, we begin to let go of the garbage that doesn't serve us, the belief systems, the habits, the letting go of all of that so we can be more fully um, embodied, if you will, or empowered, my big word, um, in, in whom, who we are and what we're here to do. And, um, and it's not about going backwards. There's, in fact, there is all that paradigm is so broken and crumbling. You don't want to go back there because there's not any kind of foundation to stand on it anymore. Right. So what does being empowered mean to you? Being empowered, uh, to me means that, um, a, I, I turn within and listen to myself or my inner wisdom. It means um, speaking up for myself or for others. Um, It means facing the things I'm afraid of, like writing a book (laughs) Um, and, and working through whatever that fear is so that I can, um, do it and be it. That's what empowered means to me. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of work to become empowered. I think it's an ongoing thing uh, of work. And I'm, ta- I'm not talking about heavy lifting weights, although sometimes it feels that way. I'm talking about the inner work of like descaling yourself within when all that calcium or whatever you call that stuff that muck starts building up. You have to constantly clear it away because it's hiding the truth of who you are. It's hiding that brilliance, that, that amazing creative um, energy that each and every one of us are. And if we hide, then we're not being ourselves. And you know, what's the purpose of being alive unless you're here to just really be who, who you are. And I've, you know, I'm now at that a ripe old age and I'm like going for it. I, you know, I thought I was going for it in my twenties. I didn't, I, I wasn't even close, mm-hmm. you know? Well, yeah, the, the, uh, life experience and, and knowledge and wisdom that you gain as you get older is it's irreplaceable actually. So, um, when, uh, how does accountability fit in your world? Big, 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 really big. Mm-hmm. Um, because to me, accountability, uh, goes with being self-responsible. Okay. So Explain when you that. are, when you are responsible for yourself, then it's very important to hold yourself accountable. If I say I'm going to go do something, I keep my word as much as I can. You know, if I give my word, that is my bond. It, you know, maybe I'm just part of some ancient, uh, you know, medieval agreement, but, um, so being, I had to learn personally to be responsible for myself. I, I you know, I, when I was younger, I looked to my parents, my father would help me out financially, blah, blah, blah. And then when I got married the first time, it was like, oh, my husband's going to be the breadwinner, which didn't happen. 
until later in our marriage. So I constantly had to grow up, you know, and to me, that's becoming self-responsible. If I can pay my own bills, if I can take care of my own health, if I can take care of my mental um, status, my mental processes and judgment and, and make sure that I am being honest with myself, then there I, then I will be honest with other people. And to me, that is then translates into accountable. I can be accountable. If I can trust and know myself, then I can be accountable to myself and therefore to others. Integrity yeah. is a big word for me, Michelle. Mm -hmm. I, integrity has been my watchword since I was probably 10. Yeah. Integrity is huge. So, yeah. um, so I was thinking as you were talking about that, the, the, oftentimes people will make sure that they keep their commitments to other people. They will do whatever it takes to move heaven and earth to keep their commitments to other people, but they won't keep their commitments to their self. Yep. And then they get so that they don't trust themselves. And if you don't right. trust yourself, then that just causes such a mess. Yeah. Oh yeah. I was, uh, the T word is a big one for me too, because I am still, um, even though I've done all sorts of spiritual learning and excavation and practice that trusting, uh, which uh, people, people often put, put hand in hand with faith, the mm -hmm. word faith, but trusting that I'm safe, trusting others, trusting myself, that's always been um, a daily do for me. It's always been a bit of a challenge. And I, it's now my, you know, the thing I watch. Mm -hmm. And I often still, my current spouse says, well, what, don't you trust? I'm like, no, I have to practice it. It's a, for me, that's an ongoing practice. I'm not the person that's going to run to the edge of the cliff and jump off knowing that somebody's going to catch me. That just is not me. Mm -hmm. um, I, it, it, trust has to be built within and sometimes it gets knocked down and I have to rebuild it. Um, and trusting myself, trusting myself to keep my word to myself. And that's the thing that, um, because I live it, you know, I practice it. I have to do that kind of work often. That's the work I do with my clients is learning how to trust themselves, respect themselves and love themselves more than they ever have before. Because I had to learn how to do that for myself. And I can only teach what it is I've learned. I can't, I don't, I'm not, not the person that teaches what I need to learn. I teach what I've, I've just learned, like, you know, like five minutes ago, because I, this is part of my integrity thing in, and my own personal accountability. If I, if I can do that work, if I can do that deep inner work and really face my fears or my guilt or my shame or, and change my belief, belief systems, if I can do that, then I know that I can support others in doing it. But if I just tell somebody, oh, you just need to change your mind or it's all good or whatever the phraseology is out in the world currently that that to me is lying right because sometimes it's not all good and sometimes you can change your mind but things don't change right away right I was once working with an individual who was considering being a coach and um, as we're talking along you know I asked a question and it and it was a deep question and I asked it intentionally and he said I don't want to go there I don't want to deal with deal with people's messy stuff and, oh my and then, goodness. And then I'm going, then why do you want to be a coach? <laughs> and as we had that conversation, um, 
eventually he discovered that he didn't really want to be a coach because he didn't want to deal with the deep, messy stuff. So it was a good thing that he learned it before he, you know, hung out a shingle. But unfortunately, that's where you have to go. Well, I'm really glad that you called him on it, too, because there's a lot of people that hang out their shingles and they haven't done their, um, I have a very foul mouth, I have to watch myself, but they haven't done that crappy, stinky, <laughs> ugly work within, uh -huh. you know, but they're still going to put it on the shingle. Right. Yeah. So yeah. how does self-doubt come into play? Oh, I just got chills when you asked me that question. Oh, well, for me, because <laughs> I can only talk from my experience, the self-doubt, I, it creeps up often. I think, again, it's another one of those constant pay attention, what's happening now? Why did I not trust myself to do that? Why am I doubting myself? Um, and I think we all have it. We all have self-doubt. And the self-doubt is the thing that, well, you know, I mean, you can, you can get sort of technical if you want. It's the ego that's trying to keep you small, right? Oh, doubt yourself so you can't, you can't really fulfill your destiny. You're, you know, I believe that we're, we've all come in with some sort of a divine plan that, you know, if we just listen, we will activate and actualize ourselves in this lifetime and be the thing we're meant to be. But when we aren't listening to ourselves and we listen to other people like negative naysayers, um, or the media, you know, uh, you know, if you're supposed to be, excuse me, if you're supposed to be thin and, you know, and blonde or whatever it is, you know, that was when I was growing up, I was a redhead and everybody had to be blonde. It was confronting for me. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> but the self-doubt comes in because we're culturalized to doubt ourselves so that there can be a, an expert out there that can give us the you know, the best makeup or the right thing to lose weight or, you know, it, it, it's, um, it's very subtle in the advertising industry. They figured it out way early. If you give everybody a problem, then they'll buy the stuff that, that fixes their problem. Right. right? Mm -hmm. And um, self-doubt is the biggest uh, piece of that not believing in ourselves. So mm -hmm. let me find the person that is going to tell me how to believe in myself. And, and I'm in my experience, I've done that. I've looked at all the, you know, I've hired the people to help me believe in myself. And it really just comes down to me and me, me mm -hmm. sitting down with me right. and either having the conversation or journaling it out. Or I use um, tapping EFT, Mm -hmm. uh, a lot, which helps. And then my mind, uh, my mind can uptake what is true, mm -hmm. you know, as opposed to going around in the rat cage of what's not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. We need to take a break right now and then we'll come back and we'll continue our conversation with Susan Burrell and please come right back. Have you ever asked yourself this question? Why is it so hard to make a buck? <laughs> I know I have. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. What I have discovered after going from the brink of bankruptcy to running a multi-million dollar award-winning business is this. You can't build a million dollar dream hanging around minimum wage mindsets. My mission is one million women entrepreneurs generating $1 million in annual revenue. So here's what I've done. 
I've created the mother of all entrepreneur success programs that you can access online on your time. It's called Monetize Me Now. It's a seven module online course that is 100% my success formula, covering mindset, mission, management, motivation, marketing, and measure. Come on, take my hand and I'll show you the way to learn to earn flowing revenue for your business. Visit monetizemenow.com for details. Welcome back. This is Michelle Nagel with Roar to Win, and my guest is Susan Burrell. So, Susan, we were just talking about self-doubt and um, how you can deal with that. So, um, self-doubt often goes hand in hand with low self-esteem. Oh, yeah. um, So, how... What do you suggest as exercises that somebody can do to boost themselves? Well, since you asked, Michelle, I just came out with called Live an Empowered Life, a 30-Day Journey. And um, it's a workbook. It's an interactive book with my website, meaning that there are videos to watch and there's guided meditations and, and all sorts of things. And I wrote the book out, like I said earlier, out of the work that I did um, when I was going through divorce after my marriage of 28 years completed, to put it nicely. And I woke up one day and realized I didn't know myself. I didn't love myself. I didn't even know how to begin. And I'd been doing this counseling. You know, I'd been a teacher, a, a speaker, you know, I ju- uh, a radio talk show host, you know, successful on the outer but I didn't know myself at all mm-hmm. and um, realized I went into that marriage not knowing myself, therefore not loving myself. Mm-hmm. And when I was coming out of it, I thought, I really want to know myself. I want my second half of life to be spectacular. And I want, it to, I want to experience freedom from all the self-sabotage things that we do. And I wanted to be happy and, and feel that my gifts were, were shining brightly in the world. And that meant I had to learn to like myself mm-hmm. and then I had to re- respect myself and mm-hmm. then I had to really love myself. And, and again, that's an ongoing practice for me now, loving myself first. Taking mm-hmm. you, you mentioned that earlier. A lot of people will keep their word to other people, but not, not to themselves. I was that person. Mm-hmm. I'll do, I'll bend over backwards for you, but if it's, me, I, I will forget to do the thing I'm supposed to do that takes care of my health or whatever. Right. And uh, self sabotage you're talking about. Right. Yeah. The self. And so I'm really, I'm still kind of new at it. It's only been a few years. Right. So, um, but that's where my attention goes now is how can I best take care of myself? You know, and if there's, you know, fortunately, I, I get to work out of my home. Um, and so if there's a, if there's a day where I'm feeling overwhelmed and exhausted, I make sure I lay down and take a 30 minute nap mm-hmm. and, or I take my dogs for a walk to get out of my head, you know, or I do those kinds of self care things. Then I also make sure that um, I spend quality time with friends and, and my um, spouse because that's important. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Wonderful. Um, so with all the work that you have done, do you ever feel uninspired? Oh yeah, I got a, I got a list. <laughs> I got a list of things I, my team and I talked, we talked about last week, I got to do. 
And I got up this morning going, I, I, I got nothing. I got nothing. Mm -hmm. I have videos I got to do more podcasts. I need to, to do, and you know, things like that. And so what I learned to do is let that be okay. Mm -hmm. Instead of going, Oh my God, Oh my God, I'm panicked. I've learned to allow that part to just kind of simmer. Mm -hmm. So I see it more when I don't feel inspired. I see it more as, okay, well, I'm just in that simmering quiet place. Mm -hmm. And eventually uh, when I sit down to actually record or write or whatever it is I'm, that's on my to-do, um, because I wasn't judging myself by not having the inspiration, Mm -hmm. It flows in. And I said, I mentioned earlier that I feel like I'm a conduit. So if I just allow that um, mishigosh that runs around in my brain to, to soften and quiet, then it comes up from my wisdom center, from my heart. And I know exactly what I'm supposed to do or how I'm supposed to inspire myself and others. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So many of us just get into the, like you said, the panic phase of I can't think, I can't, don't have no, I have no creativity, I have nothing going on in my brain. But if you've been thinking about something, it's just in there simmering. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. yeah, and so just let it work with the process, which is, mm -hmm. it's really good that you're able to have that, um, that awareness so that you can give yourself that permission, because otherwise you slip back into the self-sabotage and beating yourself up and all those things, which is totally counterproductive. So um, what is the big vision for your work? What do you see yourself doing in the world? Um, the, the book Live an Empowered Life, A 30-Day Journey um, is becoming, uh, it will become um, empowerment circles. Uh, this has been a vision of mine for 15 years to create small circles that then connect with other small circles so that we're all supporting each other mm -hmm. in whatever that transformational work is. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I find um, I've done circles all my life. I've created support groups all my life and um, some have lasted 10 years mm -hmm. um, because they self-generate and the value that's given by being in community where people listen, not give advice, but just listen is huge because often we're not seen or heard when we're out and mm -hmm. walking around in life. So it's going to become circles and then the circles are going to go into um, retreats because mm -hmm. I like to travel. And so I want my, I want my peeps to go with me. And so we'll be traveling together, whether it's in the United States or abroad. Um, but then there's the second book that is percolating in the back, if you will, um, that I want to bring in the uh, experience of having been on the 30-day journey, the Live an Empowered Life 30-day journey. I want to bring in the experience from some of the people that are doing the work, mm -hmm. what, what their pivot points were when they hit different segments of the book. Because I constructed the book as if it's a 30-day um, retreat. So mm -hmm. there's, there's parts that are going to be pulling you into really investigating yourself. And then there's parts that are kind of a gentle ride. And then there's other parts where you've got to dig deep in order to find what your answers are. It's not me giving anybody answers. It's mm -hmm. each individual that does the book, that does the work in the book, finds their own answers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that sounds wonderful. So you have something you call a moral compass. What is that? And what do you mean by that? Uh, well, 
Um, I think we all have a moral compass. It's just, are we paying attention to it? And the moral compass for me is um, generally, well, it's my key words that I focus on, my key values. So integrity is a big one. Creativity is a big one. Um, compassion, which, is, which includes self-love, right? Mm -hmm. um, joy, being happy, that kind of thing. And so because I sussed out, those are the, those are the qualities I want to live my life from. Truth is mm -hmm. another one. Mm -hmm. uh, truth with a capital T not just my truth. Um, but because those are the, those are the qualities I choose to live my life from. They be, they became my compass. And I found I was, so the reason why I developed something, this thing called a moral compass is I was having a conversation with a lawyer. Mm -hmm. I was having to go through another, you know, rendition of after divorce and where's the money. Right. And, um, so I had this really beautiful, I, well, I still have her, a beautiful female lawyer. And um, we went into uh, the guy she works with, his office, to ask some questions. And um, I saw on his wall there was a compass. And I was like, there was lots of nautical themes. And because I'm intuitive, I was picking up on a lot about this individual. And I looked at the compass. I said, so tell me about that. And he goes, oh, well, I live by that. You know, there's only two points on the compass. I'm like, I saw eight, but I didn't say anything. <laughs> he said, uh, he said, yeah, there's, there's right and there's wrong. And I went, okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. And I had to call him on it. You know, I said, there are so many other points to the compass. And I, my experience now of lawyers, not that they're, not that anybody's bad guys, if you're a lawyer. Um, but there is a black and white thinking and black and white thinking gets limited results. Black and white thinking gets you stuck. Black and white thinking keeps you in a box. It does not allow you to have more in your life. It does not allow you to have more opulence, which is one of my key words now, opulence. I move from abundance to affluence and now opulence. And opulence is about Util, having and utilizing the riches in your life. And that could be richness of friendships, or it could be, yeah, yeah, I drive a Porsche. Do you mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So the moral compass came out of having had this discussion with this ind individual, because I said, well, if it's just right and wrong, where's, how's your family fit in there? Oh, right. well, you know, how do your how do your relationships in business fit in there? They're either right or they're wrong because there's so many gradients of gray, right? Mm -hmm. That um, you, you're, you're keeping yourself small by saying there's just two points on your compass. So I now teach that um, to uh, business people because they don't get it. And to me, um, because a lot of people keep their business separate from their life, right? Except that you show up everywhere you go. So yes. if you don't have a strong moral compass, whatever it is, you know, it can be whatever words you want to put on your compass. But if you aren't following your own inner compass, then other areas of your life are going to suffer. Mm -hmm. And um, if you're like, say you're being compassionate in your family life, but you're not in your business, mm -hmm. chances are you're stunting your business. Or right. if you are being honest in your business, but you're not in your family life, you know, then what's going on there, right? You're hiding something. 
So to me, it's about flushing out all those values that you want to live your life from and by, and then putting that in every area of your life, your health, your business, your um, relationships, all of that. That's really cool. You've just given me a great idea to create um, my own moral compass as a visual that I can yes. put right there in my office. <laughs> yes. So that, that's really great. I like that. Um, so on your blog, you have an article about letting go of the should. Mm -hmm. Tell me about that. Oh, well, I mean, I think everybody has shoulds, right? We all, I think, well, I grew up at a certain uh, age where, and I was the oldest, um, where I should do this and I should do that and I should be a straight A student. Now, I don't know that my parents ever said you should, but it was definitely um, communicated to me that I should be these things. I should be a good daughter. I should be you know, all the, all these things. And, um, and again, like I said earlier, I'm at that ripe old age now where I, I don't want to should anything. And when I begin to notice that there is, I should, um, I should take this seminar. I should spend this money on that. I should go to this networking event, or I should be at this party. Um, I, have grown enough internally and respect myself enough to notice when that feel when the should feels like it's keeping me small. Mm -hmm. And so letting go of the shoulds for me was the attempt to help myself um, have more choice because mm -hmm. shoulds narrow your choice. I and mean, probably you only have one choice, the should. Mm -hmm. I wonder if anybody actually would pay attention to how many times a day they say that word. Oh, that's a great exercise. <laughs> that would be great. Yeah, it would be. Um, I have, uh, in particular, I have a client who's always doing should, 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 should. And I said, stop shooting all over yourself. Um, yeah. It's just, it's, uh, oh, it's just really a devastating thing to do to yourself to have these shoulds. And they are oftentimes implied like you were talking about you don't recall that your parents ever actually said those words yeah but that was the message you got yep very so. very young mm -hmm. and the um the shoulds are really a way to keep us small you know and uh, and it's a mindset it's not like it's not a have to it's not a should it's just a mindset and when you can when i begin to recognize that i'm using that mindset i've i've now find that it's a negative mindset and i really attempt to only um commit my commit myself to doing things because i want to i this entire year michelle has been about me doing shoulds mm -hmm. and i wasted a lot of money i left a lot of money on the table because i thought i should go to that convention thing i should and and I would come right up to it and go, I don't, I don't want to do this. This is mm -hmm. not me. Mm -hmm. This is not, I'm a very, um, I'm, I'm learning this year that like my business, I want my business to grow organically. I don't want to do it because I've followed some business guru who knows how to make multi-million dollars. Now, mind you, I, I, I want to make multi-million dollars. Mm-hmm but I don't want to do it in a way that's inauthentic and not organic for me. 
-hmm. and doing these should seminars and conferences. And I get all, I'm susceptible. We all are, right? And I get all like, oh, I should be doing what they just said. Oh my God. And it's horrible. It made me, it, it wasn't me being me. It was me trying to be somebody else. Mm -hmm. So, um, so that's why I call it a mindset. You know, we don't, we don't have to got to do nothing. Right. And you're right. That is the, the should is always somebody else's expectations of what we should be doing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love my mom, but she's really good at that. Mm -hmm. oh. Lots of, lots of shoulding expectations. Yeah. And when I, and when I say, mom, I'm not going to do that. She's like, what? No, I can't do that for you, mom. No. <laughs> Well, you should. You're, you might. No, I shouldn't do anything, Mom. Mm -hmm. mm -mm. Yeah. Well, it's been going on a long time then. <laughs> oh, yeah. Since, like I said, since I was little. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So um, how, what is your recommendation then for people to get out of that habit? Because it's, it's just a trigger in our brain. It just fires. So what is your recommendation on how to quit doing that? Um, well, one of the things I found that's part of my tool box, I guess, um, is the tapping, the EFT. It's not hard to learn. You don't have, to, again, you don't have to do the whole seminar to learn how to tap. But the tapping is really excellent because it, it hits acupressure points mm -hmm. and it helps neutralize emotions because oftentimes if we're tied up in a should, there's guilt mm -hmm. or there's shame. Or there's anger because we can't get out of doing the should, or that you know, and those emotions then keep us from really hearing and seeing what it is we want to do. And so, when you can neutral, neutralize those uh, emotions, then you can also use the tapping to tap in affirmations. I'm big on affirmations, really big, 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 big. In fact, I have a companion card deck of affirmations and inspiring quotes that go with my book, Live an Empowered Life, A 30-Day Journey. But I find that the tapping um, is the thing for me, especially when I'm angry, that calms me down enough that then I can put in what it is I want. I can change my mindset mm -hmm. as opposed to going down the rabbit hole, kicking and screaming and yelling because I don't want to do it. Mm -hmm. I can neutralize it enough so that I can then listen or uh, put in what it is I want to do or want to hear or want to say. Yeah. When I first began tapping, good heavens, I don't know how many years ago it was like in the very beginning when Gary Craig first introduced it. Mm. Um, so when I first began tapping, it was very helpful because I had a lot of rage. Um, I had an extremely abusive childhood and that was, that was what came up for me was rage all the time. And so there are times that I would tap hard enough on my collarbone that I bruised oh. myself. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> but it has kept, kept me from killing people, I think. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah, yeah. It's, it, you know, and it's so subtle. It's very subtle. And actually I do, um, when I, clients work with me, I will either, depending on what happens during the session, because everything's intuitively crafted per the per client, Mm -hmm. but I will often send them a tapping video specific to them mm -hmm. to, and then they can watch me tapping and do it with me. And it actually helps them do the tapping instead of just giving it. Cause I give homework. You got it. 
mm -hmm. got to do the homework. You got to do the work in order to get better. You can't just go see somebody and think that you're going to get a magic, right. I don't know, pill or whatever. You know, I actually had somebody come to me and say, well, I want you, I want you to fix me. <laughs> oh. I'm like, Oh no, that's not what I do. Yeah. 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 It's, it's very useful and very helpful to have a guide when you are trying to do um, tapping or trying to overcome any of your limiting beliefs because you're so programmed in and set in your ways that you know how to circumvent and how to get around all oh, of yeah. issues. And so it's really very, very helpful to find, have a guide to help you do yeah. that, which is both what you and you and I both do. So um, Susan, how does somebody get in contact with you? Um, through my website, thanks for asking. It's Susan S U S A N Burrell B U R R E L L two R's two L's dot com, and they can they can look at everything, and you can even um, order the book through the website, or you can just go to Amazon and get it. Um, but that's how they can contact me. Okay, and give us the name of the book again. Live an empowered life: a thirty day journey. Okay, excellent. Thank you so much for being with us today, Susan. I really appreciate the things that we've talked about, and I know that it's going to be a benefit to somebody. Oh, thank you so much, Michelle. I appreciate, and I, I have to say, I appreciate all the work that you're doing in the world. It, 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 it takes a lot of us out there doing it. Yeah, thank you very much. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Thank you for joining us today as we learn happiness hacks, relationship tools, how to refuel our resilience batteries and perfect our roar. Resilience, optimism, accountability, and resourcefulness. Roar to win. I'm Sandra Yancey, CEO and founder of eWomen Network. We invite you to listen to all of our EWN podcast hosts at EWNpodcastnetwork.com. This is the EWN Podcast Network.